Hello, everyone, and welcome to Crosswires. I am Jay, and today I am joined by... Wait, hold on. Squadcast is having an issue. There's an Android on here. Um, James, can you... can you, I think we're having an issue with the tech because it should just all be iPhones. <laughs> How are you doing, James? <laughs> I am good. There is one slight flaw with that statement. Oh, true. I guess our guest is on not on an Android phone recording. It would I was trying to do a joke. You're doing okay. You're doing good. Now, this is a really exciting episode because I'm with two of my favorite people in the world. And Jay. Oh, wait. No, what? <laughs> Sorry. No, obviously with Jay. Now, before we get into this episode, I think, Jay, it's important that we put a little bit of a... Um, what's the word? Not content. Probably a disclaimer to say that yes. Apple's obviously more superior than Android. And, no, and, Jay, and, and, Jay, and that's- Jay, Jay, that's exactly what I wanted to avoid. Oh! So, okay, this, you might have guessed by the title and the show notes... But we're going to be having a fairly open discussion around, I would say, in this particular case, Android and iOS slash iPadOS, or maybe Google. And it's, in fact, actually, well, hang on. Well, hold on, because we need to address that one, actually, at some point. When I say Google versus Apple, that ain't strictly true when we talk Android. We could say Android versus Apple because, as you said, because Android is the open source platform, Ooh, that, and okay. then Google uses it for the Play All Store. Right, yeah, let's let anyway, Jake. Since he's your blood relative, do you want to introduce our guest? Yes. So there is somebody that I am incredibly proud of that I have that I have seen grow up over the years, and I got to see him install cables and wiring at, at, a, at a client site. And just, I'm very proud to introduce my nephew Zach. How are you today? Is my mic working? The Android system is struggling. Hello, everyone. My name is Zach. I'm just a internet person putting my name putting my uh android presence out there because i have uh been given the you want to have apple mindset by some people and i've said no and i currently <laughs> i actually am I'm one a, of those a, people you 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 are one of those people yes i really indeed. did try to encourage you to indeed. go apple many times all right so Zach, obviously you are. So we probably should introduce Zach a little bit more formally as well, because yeah. Zach is technically part of a Crosswise team, just maybe not part of a team that you are lovely listeners are yet familiar with. Uh, Zach is our director of, if I remember correct, director of installation, insta- director of installation and builds, um, mm-hmm. which is a very fancy title. It basically means Zach is responsible for doing all the grunt work when we need on-site work for a client. Um, that would be right. So, Zach, how many ceilings have you been up to in the last year? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, let's see. There was one, there was the three, if you want to count them, separate ceiling spaces for a client yep. that we had to do. So plenty of ceilings, most of it running network cables. So, look, before we get into this, it's probably, let, let's just go around the room and talk about our, our loadout, our, um, uh, what we're all rocking, because... Zach is a little bit outnumbered on this call, but we'll yeah, it's fine. So me, 
and in fact the camera that you can see or the squad shot was taken on is my iPhone 13 Pro. My, all my other devices, I've got an iPad, a uh, fourth gen, and then my main daily driving computer is a, is a Mac Mini, as you all know. Um, but mobile devices entirely, entirely in the Apple, eco- Apple ecosystem, apart from Apple my work. Watch, AirPods. Yeah. Uh, the only non-Apple mobile device I have is my work Android phone and an old BlackBerry which I've not powered up. It's sat in a drawer. No idea if it works, but it's an old black. We need to add that to the, to the studio set. I like that idea. Anyway, uh, Jay, what about yourself? You're now, I know obviously what you've got, but tell, tell the, um, tell the audience. So I am running a, a Mac mini. Um, also just cause I love, I, I love this. I'm running a time capsule, um, not for internet, but for the, the, the backup recording. Um, James lovingly got, give it to me. He had, made that um i'm running an iphone 11 pro max mm-hmm. a apple watch series 7 and an ipad pro one of the generations of it and um also airpods as well just because i like the Air- airpods but yeah um at work i, I want to i think this is important to say we use a lot of and of android tablets for a lot of our work so i i use android a lot for my daily work Awesome. And Zach, now obviously you're on the other side of the camp. So uh, what you got, boy? So um, I, a hardware that you, I'm currently being broadcast off of. Uh, I'm currently running off a, a custom-built uh, computer built by uh, yours truly. Um, it's been a labor of love for three years. Uh, my daily driver phone is a Google Pixel 6, but it was bought at Refurb, so uh, I was able to save more money and get phones out of landfills. Uh, I also have a refurbished uh, Galaxy Watch 3. Uh, it's quite nice. Battery could be better, but of course we know that's that's replaceable and fixable. And then for uh, earbuds, I have a uh, the Google Pixel Buds Pro. I actually quite like them. I'll also point out um, at my work. So I work um, for a uh, restaurant in the restaurant uh, industry, and uh, we use a lot of iP- iPad stuff. All of our label printing and stuff like that is printed off of um, iPad. So getting used to that's uh, very fun. <laughs> Which is surprising because my work used to be iPads and they moved us to to um, like thin clients and then a lot of Android stuff. <laughs> Which is a really interesting move um, for various reasons. Now, look. Now, I, I, I know why they moved us off and I'm just going to say it. I found out people were stealing the iPhones and the iPads. That does not surprise me at all, to be honest with you. Now, obviously, this is quite a heated discussion. I think, where where do we even start here? Because there's so much to unpack. Jay, I think you've got an idea. One of the things that we should say is none of us are really nowadays in the one better than the other that we have reasons why we like what we have but we're very open to understanding why other people like what they have. Like for Android phones and, and even Windows, I don't want to myself use a Windows machine or Android. I'm being very open, mm. but because I actually used Windows for 2018 to about 2022, I used um, a lot of Windows machines for streaming, for streaming and podcasting. Yeah, for streaming, exactly. But I myself don't want to use it because I'm also very much in the Apple ecosystem, but I'm very open and I'm very not fangirlish. Okay. So that is a really good, really good point. Zach, I want to ask you a question because obviously you're a, a Windows user. You're an Android user. Oh, yeah. 
one of the big challenges I think that I see when we start getting into this, and Jay coined a wonderful term, fan, well, not coined, Jay used a wonderful term that gets used so much, fangirl and fanboy, okay, for different products. I personally think that going down the fanboy and fangirl route is dangerous. And oh, yes. there's, a re- there's a reason I generally believe this, and I've seen it happen for one reason, budget reasons. One of our clients needed a new laptop. They are an entirely Mac outfit. And a decision was made that they would buy a Windows laptop. Now, the question I have is when you've got someone who is so used to a particular platform, be that, and I'm using Windows and, and Mac OS here, but let's flip this as well, let's look at this as well Android to iPhone. I wouldn't, even if I suddenly converted and went to Android full time myself, I would not then go and tell my mum and dad, you need to move to Android because with their, and I love my parents, but with their tech skills, and their familiarity with a, with, that, with a particular platform, and that could be either way around, iOS or Android. I think it is dangerous to try and force someone to move platforms when they've got such a knowledge or such a familiarity with one platform. Is that? Can I add? Yeah. To that, what was interesting is one is the the manager there at, at our client site was actually very much into Windows, and we actually got her the is it david pogues take control it, it was a guide to moving from io it was a guide from moving there's a few from, take control books yeah there's um try i don't think it's david Pogue. It, it's no it might be david pogue actually i can't quite remember but i know that another guide you're talking about yeah or the yeah. mac os for dummies because what was cool and it helped her was it literally said here's the windows equivalent and here's the mac equivalent so that way you were able to because there was an ideology change like my dad found he struggled with windows for a long time once he moved to mac it made sense for his brain in a a lot of ways so what the way i see of it and this is me as me i had the choice i could have chosen to potentially go for a iPhone when I first made my own personal purchase because I was first given my first experience with Android was a skin of Android on my on a Kindle Fire. Oh wow! Okay, um, yep. Yep. those were very interesting things. I uh, found my love for technology through that by, uh, of course, uh, downloading the uh, Google Play Store through it because it's just a skin of Android and having those uh, having uh, very. Uh, Google Play apps run really horribly on a. Uh, I don't even know what the processor is on those things. Oh, it's not, it's honestly some, not the best. It's some. Can hol- I add a, a point to that? <laughs> I remember how scared our family was when you started sideloading stuff on Google. <laughs> so there's that, and then when I first made my phone, I could have chosen. I saw that there was, I think, a iPhone E that was the same price. BSE, BSE, yeah, BSE, yep. I could have bought that, but my experience has been window or has been with the windows and Android ecosystem. And I will say it's not just Android versus iPhone. It's what flavor of phone you like. It's kind of like mm. choosing your ice cream flavor, right? Okay. Sure. I like chocolate chip, but you guys like vanilla or strawberry. It's, it's how people experience tech. I don't think that this whole like separation 
needs to be a thing. It just needs to be how you prefer to consume your technology. Yes. And there are some, I mean, I will say this right now, there are some wonderful Android devices on the market, but your experience of Android very much depends on the um, on the platform. Jay just Jay and Zach just made a really good point as well. Jay, question: the Have you had Kindle devices as well? The Kindle Fire devices. I've had Kindle, but not the Fire devices. But I have experience using the Fires because I was I was one of the people to set them up for ah, all my niece and nephews. Right now, this is really important to get our heads around for a second. Because Zach said an Android skin. It's not an Android skin. It is Android. And there's a, this is something we alluded to earlier. It's something I want to really quickly address. Android is not always Google. Google is Android, but Android, the Android open source project can be run on anything. You know, um, there are phones. Wasn't it? Oh, was it Huawei? When with all the US trade ban, where they yes. need, they had to strip out yep. all the Google services. Yep. So the the Huawei phones are are currently banned, I believe, still in the United States. Uh, I don't know about most of Europe, but you can buy them in, of course, Asian markets, of course. Yeah, but they do not run, or uh, or I don't think they run. I'm I'm probably wrong on this because it's been so long. But there was a time where they would not run Google services. Um, I mean, even uh, Samsung developed for a while, devi- developed Tizen, which was their fork of Android without Google. Now, it seems like Samsung are much more back on the Google bandwagon. But the Kindle Fires, for example, are AOSP, Android Open Source Project. We found out something really interesting. The Unified Talk phones are AOSP as well. Mm-hmm. So... Android is far more widely used. Now, Android is based on a Linux kernel. iOS is based on a Nix kernel because it's based on the, um, the underpinnings of Dar- uh, Darwin, which is the macOS ker- kernel. But So we're both based on Nix kernels. We're not Windows, <laughs> not Windows phones. I think that helps. I have a question for you, Zach. Yeah. If Windows Phone had been around when you finally were able to get phones, oh. would you have gone Windows Phone or or gone Android? Well, funny enough, I was just about to joke about that because I was saying I don't think that I would have chosen it because we all know where Windows Phone is right now. Yeah, <laughs> dead and buried. Was dead it, and buried. Was it Microsoft? It was, wasn't it? Who had a funeral for the iPhone when that Windows Phone? That was brilliant. But just the irony of that. And little did they know they killed it off a little bit later. Well, do you know the ultimate irony of that? Windows Phone could have been so good if they had stopped stopped trying to compete with with i with the iPhone and actually made it its own thing. Um, oh, yeah. and, and to be very actually, I should even say this: Wind, yeah, Windows Phone, not Windows Mobile. Windows Mobile was like, oh, oh, Windows Pocket I had PC. One. I had one. <laughs> I had, but yeah, but at some point we need to do but. What, Zach, for you, if if we take Android, and I'm starting with Android because it's a really interesting platform, what for you attracts you to an Android phone in terms of the, the operating system? Not necessarily the phone that you've got, but the actual OS or software on there. What is it that draws you to that maybe more than iOS? So what it is is it's the ability to escape the walled garden and 
not have to have Google or well, that's my current phone with the Pixel Six, but not have Google or Samsung or any other company say you can you have to download this app or you can download another app, but you can't download anything that we don't approve. I can if I if there are like APKs or SDKs or no just APKs because that's Android that I want to download on my phone, I can do that. Like I have some apps that link to games. I couldn't download them unless they were APKs on an iPhone. It would be a lot harder to do that because you'd have to jump through the hoops of the, I, the, uh, play store. Or, and the that would store. not be good. Oh, the the app app store. Store. Yeah. 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 Store. I, yeah. <laughs> so that leads. Yes, Jay. And that brings up an interesting point. I was actually talking to my manager today. I was trying to solve an issue for a customer Mm-hmm. And because I'm in the UK App Store, because I'm on James's family plan on the iOS App Store, I couldn't download. And he was like, oh, because on Android, you could somehow put, get another profile. You could find other ways to get the app on there. Yeah. But on iPhone, I'm limited to what is in my App Store. So that is actually a very good point. So that brings us to a term. That is very, very much heavily in debate, particularly from now. Look, I'm just going to say this: I can't stand this guy as a tech person. DHH, David Hanemeyer Hansen, really toxic. I'm just going to be very blunt: toxic character um, behind Hay and Basecamp, who has said some really awful things and has done a lot of damage. Ironically, is the guy who sort of created Ruby, uh, so created Ruby on Rails. He's done a lot of damage anyway. This whole thing on Android, as Zach said, you can sideload apps. Now, I'll come back to some of the risks around that because I think that there are some risks and there's been some really big cases where it's been dangerous. But the freedom to install those apps or to install another app store, I mean, uh, Zach, is F-Droid still a thing? I do believe so. Um, I also remember... For the app store that we download, there was a app, there was an app store that was optimized. I believe it was for Fire OS apps or Fire OS tablets and other uh, less to do tablets called Aptoid. I, okay. I don't remember if, I don't know if it's still a thing. I haven't used it in years, of course. But, but of course, of course, another example of that is, um, Samsung. Samsung have their own app store, Samsung apps on their phone. As well as a Play Store. F-Droid is actually a thing. I Sorry, I was remembering this. I actually uh, ins- used it for my Fire TV to install a couple of APKs. Ah, but of course, if you are, you know, you can install those now. I think they do have to be installed as the APKs. Be, uh, APKs are basically like the Android executables, where we apps, okay? Yes. And you can, once you turn on the right settings in developer mode, you can sideload, and sideloading is the term. Now, with iOS, you have to, for the most part, use the App Store. Now, there are ways around it for enterprise customers. There are ways around it with test flight, but that has to still be approved by Apple. But you can only get what Apple approved and what developer certificates are, uh, have been signed off. Now, that's been a huge debate because, I mean, the biggest example was Fortnite, right? Yeah. Fortnite was the biggest example of this, and Epic lost this battle because I want to come back to this, but that fight from Epic was not about having side-loading freedom. 
it was very much about, in my opinion, Epic wanting to make more profit because they wanted to bypass Apple's cut of a transaction system. Which, to be fair, I will say, I do believe that the... Not, and this doesn't just go for Apple. I believe that the that the cut that tech companies get mm-hmm. for products being sold is outrageous. But that's also another topic. It's a really good topic. Go on, Jay. There is also um, an update on that. Part of that epic court case is they've now allowed developers to link to payment portals outside of the app. And Apple will take a 27% cut, not a 30% cut. I don't understand how Apple have a... I, I, I'm going to be bl- brutally honest there. I don't understand how Apple have a right to do that. Me either. Because it's not going through... How are they even going to collect that? I guess that the their, um, their reasoning is that they still host the download on their site. Ah, so okay, it's, the, yeah. it's paying for the hosting right. of the app on their servers to be able to download and also appearance on the App Store. That is Same true. with Google. That's how they do it as well. Yeah, and and, and we should Steam and Epic and Steam, yep. Epic, Nintendo, any digital uh, provider of uh, downloads, right? And and it's important. By the way, one thing that always annoyed me in this this whole thing is nobody was taking aim at Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo. It was all about Apple, and to a lesser extent, Google. But there's no way for me to get a, to play a uh, an indie well without officially must be clear on this without without modifying my switch if i wanted to download an indie game that you know was maybe say for example on um is it humble bundle what's the one we've got an affiliate with jay um yep humble bundle humble, humble bundle if there was a switch game that someone had developed i couldn't install that on my switch without modifying it why is that okay on a switch but not okay on a mobile device putting that out there is a question um I'll kind of put this up and say um, when a consumer buys a phone, mm-hmm. they're uh, sorry, I'll, I'll put it the other way around. When a consumer buys a gaming console, such as you buy a Xbox Series X, a PS5, or a Nintendo Switch, you're looking for a use case that is trying to uh, play games approved by the publisher Good point. And onto the official store. If you buy like a game, you're looking for... A, an actual official um, tag that says this was approved by Microsoft. This is approved by Sony. Not that, oh, well, this third party sketchy uh, indie dev might have done something. I don't know if it's going <laughs> to execute malware on my system. Now, when you buy a phone, It's different. Sure. A phone can run games. A phone can do a lot of different applications. But you're also, at least for me, when I buy an Android phone, I'm hoping that if I need to download something that might not be approved by all the regulators, and I know and I'm tech smart about it, and you're not downloading garbage, then I will be able to download it. That's my hope. I Yeah. Now, that, you've just made the excellent segue into my biggest concern with sideloading. This is why I am somewhat... I don't want to say against it, because I like the idea of being able to install other apps onto my iPhone. I do love that idea. The problem I have is that if you are someone who maybe isn't as tech-savvy, and you see something on Facebook, and I'm using Facebook as an example because I think it's fair. 
to use it. It says, Get Spotify for 100% free. No money now. Pay, play your tracks free. You know, this. And it's a APK that claims to give you Spotify for free. And, Zach, there are such things, I believe. It's not... There are such things. Okay. However, yeah. if you look into your system files and whenever they execute, you'll either see something at the deep, like at almost a kernel level mm-hmm. running that you can never get rid of, or it just opens and then closes... Or while it's doing it's like mining crypto or something like that. And that's exactly the point I'm making. This, it needs uh, a wonderful phrase that, you know, as uh, we, we get from our, uh, our, our, you know, our scriptural background, discernment. Such a wonderful yes. Christian phrase, isn't it? Um, yes. yes, Jay, come on. Well, and, and I've seen some different apps, like there are apps for Discord. They're not the official client. And certain like I've seen Snapchat apps and I've seen it uh, on the Mac as well, and the, always the question is, who's accessing your data? Mm-hmm. Are the login credentials going through the official login server? Are they going through a fish a fishing, login? Yeah, a phishing login. Exactly. Yeah. So what I will say about that is it's kind of like going to like the fifth page of Google. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't really want, and this is, I mean, of course, if you're an older person who might not be as tech smart, which I know you, dear listener, are, uh, of course, well-endowed in your tech. But You're listening to this show. You must know what you're doing with tech. No. No? No? I have some listeners. Okay. I've, I've brought some listeners on it. And we are for all audiences, let, all let me, re- let me rephrase that, Jay, because you make a good point. If you're listening to this show, it means you want to learn more. Kudos to That's you. That's a good way to put it, because we are open to everybody, and we want to make everybody better. Semper omnibus facultas. Don't you know what that means? Open to all. Yes, I just don't want to be elitist and say that you have to be, because the the best way to learn is to know more. Absolutely. But it it does make a really interesting point for every, you know, we talk about like great apps on APKs or older apps. So for example... There are services, apps, and, uh, you know, maybe like, um, actually, one example. I, I, have an, I have an example. Yeah, go, so for it. go for it. The, there's a, there's a mobile game that's very popular, um, called Geometry Dash. Okay. And so it wasn't supported on the current Android, which is Android 14. Yep. They had, there were some APKs of, that people did before the update or an update came out that allowed people to play Android or a jump to dash on current Android uh, distributions uh, without this was, and this was just sideloading the app. Mm-hmm. Did I trust it? And would I log in to an account through it? Probably not. No, just because of personal preference. I don't want to put my information out there where I don't need to. It doesn't need to go. Mm-hmm. But if there are other APKs that, are potentially helpful for me because they are not on the Google Play Store anymore due to them not getting updated or anything like that, then that might be something I would consider to do. Or if you want to 100% verify an app is legit, uh, Signal, I believe you can get the Signal APK. You are right. With So for all legitimate versions, you might have... Um, it's uh, so legitimate reasons. You might have uh, uh, a line of business apps for your business that might be APK only. Or, you know what, you might have just built something as a community. Yeah, and that is actually a very big problem with not just 
app stores, but is the archiving of older content because there's a cost to getting into the app store, whether it's the app store or the Google Play store. There's a, co- a cost for the accounts and also a development cost. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of apps go away yeah. because there's no one to, to make it. Whereas like on Windows, you you have – even Mac, you have sources of apps like abandonware, stuff that's been abandoned and the company doesn't want anything to do with it. And you can verify, hey, this is a legitimate program. And I think that is one issue is losing access to that stuff. Now, I'm going to make a, a case for sideloading on iOS here. What's one of the problems with the App Store, Jay? Because because Apple don't have another way to install apps, Apple kind of have to allow maybe more apps and maybe, maybe like to... You now, the App Store guidelines are fairly strict, but how many junk apps are in the App Store? And, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, the same is true in Google Play. There's so much junk in Google oh, yes. Play. Right. This is not specific to iOS. But if you, if Apple said, okay, you can sideload, here's the things you have to do, we'll put protections in place, because a lot of the privacy protections on iOS are not at App Store level, they are at system level. So as long as those don't get overridden, there's a lot of things that Apple couldn't protect against. But actually, iOS is maybe more hardened in that sense, and again, we'll come to a privacy and security stuff but if apple said yeah you can install whatever apps you want from what these app stores whatever app stores you want apple can then turn around and say actually no this is not a good fit for the app store goodbye because they don't then have to there's no pressure on them to say no one can criticize them for rejecting an app from the app store because it can be it's still available to iphone users exactly because it's the same with like steam when steam steam has a lot of garbage but when steam doesn't want an app it's why you get different launchers and you get different installers. And I I would be okay with a, you press this button to install this app store. However, Apple will not support that app when it's installed. It's up to the app store that you installed to manage that app. And I could see that happening. And I could even see, because they've done sandboxes, I could see a sandbox of all those apps from that app store get sandboxed into that profile, almost like a VLAN in a way. I know that's a slightly different topic, but well, the, an uh, area. Close, cons- close, virtual machine. Like, a, yes. like, yeah, virtual. But maybe that's an option. There might be things that a, a, a third-party app store's um, app couldn't do. For example, maybe it couldn't access Apple Pay. Yeah, or maybe it couldn't access... Apple, I would even say Apple Music without API. You'd have to... Well, that, no, I'm thinking, like, how would you... Because one of the dangers, a, a lot of dangers, is when apps start taking more data than they should. You know, we, we hark on on this channel and this podcast about WhatsApp and how much data Facebook take in terms of contacts and things like that. What is to stop them using a... Well, no, because I don't think you can get to contacts without using the contacts API on on iOS. Exactly, so, that it would so be up still, to your own risk. It, it's still, well, it's I still th- protected. Yeah, I think what needs to happen is, and this is of course also getting into more security. Um, asking the client or the user, whatever, to say and authorize. Okay, this is what the this is what this app is going to run, and this is what the app is going to access from your phone 
at having giving the client or the person a understanding of when they launch this app, this is what they're about to experience, and this is what it's about to take from them. Yeah, and maybe a disclaimer on first install. Look, this app hasn't been vetted by Apple. We make go- no guarantees. But, I, I mean, Apple still do that. You you see how many prompts, you know, access a microphone, access a camera. Well, and like on Mac, they they, they do that as well. Apple has their, their verification. Sometimes I want to install a plug-in from somebody that Apple has, that has not gone for an Apple certification, and it just says, hey, you run this at your own risk. And I'm like, yep. Right. And and obviously the difference on Mac is, of course, you can install anything from anywhere. I can install Unix utilities on here, but I know what I'm doing. But, Zach, on Android, so for, say, for example, let's say you install, I'll use Signal as a really good example. You install Signal. When it wants to get look up your contacts, does it ask you for permission, you know? Yep. So on first install, there are a couple of options on Android. Um, it's it's a, like allow permanently, uh, ask every time, or don't allow. Okay, it's kind of, and then you can go back into the settings and and change your permissions, and not for just that. It also asks for location data, for microphone access, and all those other likes. And is that a, so? This is maybe where I want to just ask it because iOS is, does that. I think I think. Android has really stepped that up recently. Fair play to Google and me, Android team, for doing that. Is that true on every... If we take... This is something we need to talk about. We've got so much to talk about. If you take Android 14 as a base, if you've got, say, four different phones by four different OEMs, so Samsung, OnePlus, uh, Xiaomi, and Google, is that behavior the same across all four of those phones? As far as I know, yes, because one of the reasons is like that they've been upgrading and changing their OSs recently. This is this is not just material me, mm. or it's yeah, it's all about the material me. Like that's they're trying to redesign their UI and make right. it easier for you to access those privacy settings. And right. it's not just across. Of course, I'd say I have a pretty stock Android experience and what Google mm-hmm. wants to me experience. But you will see that across the Galaxy Note uh, series of phones. You'll see that across the OnePlus um, phones, anything else. You will see the same experience because, sure, they might have a customized like UI and layout, but those Android system uh, menus are mostly the same. Right, and that's something... That's a really good point because we'll and we'll come back to that. Jay, what's your take? I think I would say as long as privacy and security are enforced, that is, that is great. Because I think the problem. Oh nope, sorry. Because I just I just realized work probably has an MDM, so never mind. I was trying to say I, I don't get those out in my work for stuff, but they probably have an MDM that already handles all that behind it. Well, it not necessarily. You, you, this is maybe where the problem is. All these privacy prompts on Android have not been there for that, relatively speaking, for that long. Now, we don't know what version of Android, because, all right, I was going to come to this. There is a massive, my opinion, and I want some fact-checking on this. It is entirely possible right now, because because Android could be used by so many OEMs. Zach, is it fair to say that there is a real almost wild west of phone availability from flagships to 
the cheap phone that barely can recognize a touch gesture. So, I mean, you're not wrong. There are the $150 track phones that you can just pick up at a Walmart and go around and have this phone and you can throw it in the trash and not feel bad about it and, of course, cause some significant damage with it. That's definitely a reality that we have to face only because you can develop a small piece of hardware in a board that might cost 50 bucks to make and then to put out a phone and say, hey, we have it. The FBI actually did this a while back. It came out, they had a, they had an Android phone that they sold and it was sold as like a phone for people to use for illicit activities. And it was in the background doing stuff like DNS and it was doing all this stuff behind the scenes and the people using it were not at all was it, aware what was that one was that chat service was it encro it was some there was a big chat service it turns out was actually um backdoored and i can't remember the name of it but it was quite yeah it was similar to that and and that was a if i remember right it was an android fork for this for this device and and this is where my point is coming to with google and I, you know even samsung and i'd say OnePlus. You're guaranteed, or more guaranteed, that you're going to be getting the latest version of Android when you buy a phone. But it is still possible, Zach, if I'm not mistaken, to go out and buy a brand new phone from Samsung, for example, today, and it not be running Android 14. So that's something that I would say, in terms of the pricing, Android does a little bit better because they offer more of a range of products, right? So even if, like, we're, we're, let's let's throw out the the garbage one fifty dollar phones. Yeah, because, yeah, sure. Those are those are good for some use cases, but definitely not for daily driving. Okay, there are some phones that are actually by like Samsung, and uh, I know I know the people who are listening won't be able to hear, but I actually have a uh, Galaxy A seven. Okay. Um, uh, it's cr- properly cracked, of course. Actually, of course. two of these uh, bad boys. Uh, one was for uh, messing around with. The other one was bought at Walmart. Right. This phone, uh, new, would cost about $120, and it would be running Android 13 Lite, I think. Right. So they have distributions of Android that are... Still, sh- they they do ship out security updates, but they are lighter versions that can run on cheaper on cheaper hardware, so a lower they can performance, distribute more. a lower yeah. performance hardware. Yes, Jay. And we we saw. I'm trying to remember what it was. Proof of a device that was running a younger version of Android, but it changed well, the version number to say it mean, was an older version. You mean the other way around? Yes, yes, you're right. No, it was uh, th- wrong. Th- it was running an outdated version of Android, but it was saying it was running a newer it, version. And that's very common on these cheap, for cheap, cheap phones. They fake the Android version. For, I would say, yes, for like non, like non, the big, we'll call them like the big three mm. of Android phone uh, makers. Because if you go to like the cheap uh, Samsung uh, phones right now, you'll find like, I don't even remember, but it's their A series. It's their kind of like more budget. It's these phones are more popular in places like China or well, okay, let India me, or places like that. Let me interject there for a second because that's one thing I find really confusing. I went to Samsung's product pages 
And I will say, Apple do have some phones on more for a few phone lines, but it's very clear what they've got. I get very confused looking at Samsung's model pages because you've got, as you said, the A series, you've got the S series. Um, the Note obviously is a different product. You've got the Z Flip, the Z Fold. Okay, those last four, the S, the Note, the Z Flip, and the Z Fold, well, they are distinct product categories. So, okay, fine. But then I think you've got something like the J series, the V series. I think there's an M series. And... It's unclear. Now, I think Zach's made a good point there. A lot of these variants are for different markets, are for maybe, I think there's a lot, there's one line of Samsung phones that seem to be very popular in India, for example, um, and maybe different regulations. But to me, that causes a lot of consumer confusion. Like Pixel, Zach, am I right? The The Pixel number A, phones are effectively a lower spec they're like the iphone se but google pixel right yeah it's so for example i have i had before my pixel 6 i had a pixel 4 um my mother she bought a pixel 4a it has slightly less specs like it doesn't have wireless charging it doesn't have as big of a battery actually no it has a bigger battery life because the the pixel 4 didn't have the best battery it is slightly less powerful but it's not as it's not like a comparison like the light versus the actual phone only because the changes that they make they don't like rip out some of the core internals it's still like it's been nice to have it's been nice to have features yes yeah and it's interesting because the iphone se is apple's lowest cost phone it does still have a lot of good features it still has it doesn't have microsoft but it has qi uh charging a lot of stuff. I think I, to sort of round up, but because Apple, Apple make don't make cheap products. They make luxury products for more well-to-do uh, economies. Okay, I think that's fair. I would also say that, and this is one point I want to sort of circle to now. I think Apple Apple products, Apple iPhones and, and iPads come with more of an expectation of how long you are... Now, I'm excluding Google and Samsung from this for a moment because they've gotten better, okay? And actually, I think at the moment, if I'm not wrong, Samsung's security update and major version update policy is actually better than Google's right now, if I remember yes. correctly. Yes, which is, right. Which is... I mean, can I just call that out as Google do better? Your flagship phones should be leading the charge for, you know, for updates. But with Apple, you typically know that you've got a good... I mean, right now, let, right, so for example, let me just get this up. I am running an iPhone 11 Pro Max for 2019. Right. Exactly. So 2019. At the moment, yeah? The right. Let me make sure I get this right. The iPhone 17. You're, you're off mic, dear. So thank you. The iPhone 17 is supported all the way back to the iPhone 10R and 10S. Yeah. Those are. I am for Jake. Can you just look up when the 10S came out, please? I think it's 20, uh, 18, maybe. Just can you just find the 10S for me? Yep. But that's how far back the support is. It's 
it, I don't think it's as easy. 2018. 2018. So uh, probably by the time, let's say that gets cut off in the next iOS, iOS release, yeah? Typically, Apple provide no, about another year of security updates. So probably by the time that phone stops receiving security updates, it will be eight years old. Yeah. Zach, genuine question. How many flagship Android phones could you say the same about? I I honestly cannot say as many only because of... I think the reason why they don't have as long of an, of an update cycle is truly because since Android is being developed not just with one phone in mind, they can't steer the direction of where their phones are going. So say there's like a leap in that generation, like a new Snapdragon processor has lots more processing power. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, a new Android uh, OS wants to take advantage of that, whereas Apple is already seeing down the line of what they are running and then they're going to be able to develop their in-house OS based off of that. That is an excellent point, actually. And it's very important that we make a distinction here. We're not, we are, my primary concern is not major OS versions. So Android 14, Android 13, iOS 17, iOS 16. It is security updates. So security updates are, it's really interesting how Android does that. They distribute it to, of course, to the actual company that made the phone, and then the company will push it out to the different, uh, uh, like cell phone providers. Oh, that's at least so. Yeah, you if you have a phone and this is in the states, if you have a phone that may be on um, Mint Mobile, it might get an Android update later than someone on potentially AT and T, only because they didn't get it as fast. Security updates. Oh, I, don't remember how long. I believe it's like a year or two after they stop receiving major OS updates. They try to be as they try to do a good job, but like once there is a once they don't re- receive any more security updates, you'll get like a big a notification that says this device has stopped receiving security updates. Please look to a store to potentially upgrade or figure out a um, replacement for your phone. Right, because we as Google cannot verify that your phone is safe, and it's interesting, isn't it? That that will come up. I like that idea. Um, I don't think Apple do that. You know, I don't think I, if if that's something Google are doing. But of course, we are only really looking at the, the big, the big, the good OEMs. Because as we've said, I think is I think wisdom around what phone you're buying. Because if you're buying a phone from a vendor who maybe is based... I, I, I want to be really careful how I'm saying this. If you're buying a phone that's maybe from a Chinese vendor... Can, is, can we change that? Y- if you're buying a phone from a, from a vendor who is out to make a quick buck... Y- who maybe doesn't have the best um, ethics policy. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. What? Because I think the challenge you have, obviously, in somewhere like China or places where human rights are not as well respected and that is a fact isn't it let's we yes. can't we're, we're, this is not xenophobic it's not racist it is a fact that the chinese government have a very very poor track record on human rights and privacy i just urge course and i think uh, the ne- i want to move on to 
longevity of hardware because Zach's got a really interesting thing he wants to talk about. But Zach, I just want to ask you something. When we're talking about choosing an Android phone right now, for an iPhone, it's very easy to choose a phone because you just go for what features it has and it's it's really that simple. Very few people need a Pro, I would say. Very few people need a Pro Max, maybe. Yeah. But on Android, Zach, at the moment, for me, and I'm going to ask you your comment on this, for me, the, the vendors I would be looking at, the OEMs I would be looking at for to know I'm going to get a good phone are Google in the Pixel line. As much as I hate to say it, Samsung. It, it breaks my heart to keep to say this, Samsung, but more so on their upper lines, maybe. And then probably OnePlus. So I would definitely, as I said, as I brought up that term, the big three. I would agree on that. Um, if there is another phone that might have decent specs, maybe from a company I might not have heard from before, like there was the Nothing phone, I want to oh, say. Oh, okay, the Nothing phone, because that, if I remember correctly, that is AOSP. It is, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so uh, I, the Nothing phone, great phone, love that. And actually, but yeah, so I think we're on the same page. I think be very careful, folks. What phone are you buying? But I will also say there are different phones in Android system that offer different features, right? So, for example, the Google Pixel line, we can all see, has very a very big bezel for a very big camera. Oh, sure, if you're buying a phone for the camera, and just for the camera, you want to buy probably an iPhone. But if you want an Android experience, the camera on that is the best, in my opinion, is probably the Google Pixels only because of what they're trying to do. Now, Samsung is also trying to compete in this space, and everyone's trying to compete in this space, but it's you can buy phones tailored for different experiences yes. on an Android. That is very, very true. And, of course, if you buy a Samsung phone with a good camera, just don't take any photos of the moon if you, don't, if you actually want photos of the moon that you took. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, to add to that, one thing Pixel is doing is using Google's AI, like the Magic Eraser. That, that is stuff that is definitely Google's external services. Yes, that's so. This is yeah, and this is a big. I mean, we've got a whole thing about AI. We're going to be doing more episodes. Google are obviously very keen on generative AI, and it is not on device processing. It is off in Google's cloud. Something to be mindful of. Apple only does generative AI when it's on device. And the reason for that is obviously, as Zach alluded to earlier, Apple control the chips. Apple built the neural engine for their phones. And I know Google have got AI or machine learning or neural engine chips, but not every Android phone is created equal. But again, Snapdragons, I think Samsung have their own Exynos chips. There's MediaTek chips. There's all sorts of chips that processors that could go into your Android phone. So just buyer beware. Now, talking about longevity, because Zach, I know this is a big passion of yours. If your phone develops a fault or breaks, should you, the person who's bought that phone, who knows what they're doing, I'm caveating this, who knows what they're doing, be allowed to fix that phone without taking it to Apple or Google or uh, OnePlus or whatever? So, um, as your as uh, a new dear uh, viewer at home can probably hear, 
I am a big proponent of the Rights Repair Act. <clears throat> I believe that you don't buy <clears throat> tech as a service because tech as a service is doomed to fail. And it's also doomed to uh, cause stuff like global warming issues, landfill issues, other stuff like that. We buy tech in this economy not to throw it away and not to, oh, the new iPhone just came out. I'm going to replace it. No, you want to fix that battery that might be at 2% health yet left because you keep on leaving it in the charger overnight. <laughs> you want to fix your camera. You want to fix that screen. And I do believe that if your phone is broken, you should, and you have the technical wherewithal, or you have someone you know who has the technical wherewithal, wherewithal, you should be able to replace that screen, replace that battery, do what you want, because it is your phone that you bought. Just like a car. In a car, you can take it to really any mechanic that you want. And, and that's an interesting one, isn't it, as well? Because, yes, you can... But not with every car. There is actually, uh, I think, I'm trying to remember, uh, it's like, I think some car vendors really heavily lock down what some mechanics can do on the. That is right. Yeah. They'll do exactly what Apple does. They will hardware lock some things. Right. I mean, I love the fact that in a BMW, for example, heated seats are a subscription feature. <laughs> Like, come on. So, not only does it burn your tushy, it's also burning a hole in your wallet. Oh, I like that. Where are the manufacturers? Because when we talk about right to repair, we mean that, correct me if I'm wrong, there needs to be the information for the repairs, and there needs to be the parts available that are not locked. Now, yes. Apple obviously have quite a track record of, you know, things like locking, um, you know, not allowing a screen replacement or... Uh, there's one area in particular that's caused a lot of problems, which is the touch ID sensors. When yes. they used to now, the, I would say there is a valid concern around that sort of device. You don't you want to be very careful to not have something that could be intercepting the biometric data, but it probably should be easier. Are Apple particularly bad at right to repair right now? Are the companies that are better? So Apple is getting better. It's certainly far from the best, of course. Um, Apple, what Apple has done is they've offered self-repair kits to um, tech uh, repair shops and other things like that. They've offered diagrams, but these all cost it. They all come with a licensing agreement to say you need. We will have you buy this product, but this is a genuine Apple product that you need to use. I can't go to a to like a local store. No. And buy a replaced like an OEM screen replacement. Like that's verified by Apple. I I mean, sure, the screens that I might buy for a replacement like Galaxy S9, which I've done before, that wasn't a licensed um screen protect or screen protector, yeah. And now the fingerprint scanner that I also did was also not licensed in OEM. But when I plugged it in and I put both the screen and the fingerprint sensor back in. It booted up completely fine, did not have any issues. There are some things with Apple that if you try to replace it, oh, sorry, that feature just doesn't work anymore. You want to do it by yourself? Sorry. We need to do that for you. Take it to the technology bar. I've got a question on that. And because I had an issue with my MacBook years ago, I, I replaced the drive through an Apple certified person. Mm -hmm. And Apple, because it was under warranty, 
Apple's warranty was like, just so you know, you have a non-genuine Apple. And I'm like, no, I do. I, I, I verified it. I think a lot of vendors, do they provide warranty? Because Apple uh, provides a warranty for all for a lot of their devices to get repaired. Do a lot of the the Android vendors provide a warranty or is that through your, like your phone and stuff like yeah. that? So Android vendors will provide warranties. Uh, for example, I believe Android will provide warranties either if you're buying through the actual vendor itself or potentially like something like of Amazon with a refurbished guarantee. Mm-hmm. It will just put your, uh, your, uh, your device uh, code in or, and you'll basically say, okay, how long have you had the phone for? What's the issue? And then they can repair it themselves. It's just when it gets out of the the warranty time, or for example, let's let's put a classic example, not just warranty. Um, I or the MacBooks, right? <laughs> and uh, the red dot sensor, the infamous uh, oh, water damage, the water damage. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you you had humid humidity. Take it to a Genius Bar, and they say, oh, you have humidity. You need to re- completely replace your MacBook. And you don't want to spend the money or you don't get the data. Oh no, you're out of your data. That's, and if you try to have a new a, a hard drive, that would be, that would be the same thing pretty much. But getting back to the warranty, they gen, they generally do have a good warranty. It's of course, if you buy the newer Android phones, not the, the ones like four years ago. Now I can understand if they like you bought like Apple Gary, you bought like one of these warranties. They're saying we will support you as long as you follow these parameters. But I think I see what you're saying too. That even out of warranty, they're like, sorry, you, we won't support you in the same way. At least Apple's more notorious at doing that than even yes. Android people are. And I, I agree. And it does come down to every vendor. I mean, I'm just looking here now. I, somehow I've ended up on a Canadian website for this, but there is um, uh, Pixel Preferred Care, which is very similar to what Apple Care offers. And that seems to date, go all the way back to the Pixel 7 at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Pixel 7. And interestingly, but pick, hang on, let me look at something. Give me two seconds. Okay, no, it's a bit more right. Okay, so like this, this A variants are a bit cheaper. But the point is, it should you should I think preferably my preference would always be if you can justify the cost, get the care plan with your phone manufacturer because you then know what's expected. You know that you're going to get genuine parts. But I think Apple should there should be a way for non-genuine parts to be as long as they pass certain tests to be used it is i, I think the challenge is again around the whole the, the scanners and anything that's security related you have to be really careful because again mm-hmm. you don't now on the s9 you were talking about Zach, that would not have had the concept of a secure enclave that wasn't really a secure fingerprint reader it was older tech mm-hmm. with iphones with a touch id and a face id those scanners they are all backed up by the secure enclave but i do think we need to see more of an encouragement because right to repair is part of this broader thing that you were talking about where we shouldn't be wanting to send our phones to landfill to be d- digital phone my 13 pro okay i legitimately could go and get a 15 pro today if i wanted to but I'm actually hoping to keep this one for at least another year. Why? 
it's still getting feature updates. It's still getting security updates. It is one of the, it is a brilliant camera for my needs. Now, is it as good as a mirrorless camera or a DSLR in certain scenarios? No. But what's that adage? The best camera that you have is the camera you have with you. I don't always have... I don't even have a full camera anymore. We were at a family gathering, and there was a really, really nice camera there. It took amazing photos. But what are a lot of the photos that we took at that event on our phones and we had a lot of people taking and like you, you would like use the big camera but it took, it took time to set that up and did all that stuff and again I'm glad the person who set that up but a lot of the, pho- the photos we remember are the ones we had on our phones because they're ones in the moment you're not having to set up for that perfect shot I think when you've got a big camera and this is a completely aside I will say I love how powerful smartphone cameras have gotten I love the fact that I can use my iPhone 13 Pro as my streaming camera because it's such a good quality video, right? It really it's, is good. It's yeah, the fact, it's the fact that we have really good snapshot photos. Like the the fact that we can get the not so much studio grade, but high quality snapshot and capture those moments right. so well in our with our just our pocket phones. And I think this is where I want to see more of an improvement from Apple and from other vendors is. Let's make it easier to repair. Let's make phones more durable. Let's make sure that phones are getting security updates. I think Apple do a great job of this. This is one thing I really hold Apple up, up to. They do a great job of keeping their phones in security updates. So one other point, too, and why break repair is important is for so many people, the phone is your livelihood to a lot of things, like it, it, your job. Say, and I'm being very serious, I know I've known people who – I used to be involved in a homeless ministry and there were a lot of people that were homeless. They had a smartphone because they needed it for their job. They were not trying to be luxury. It was their computer and everything. And they had very little money to repair. And I think the fact that we keep repairing behind a lot of money is also very much a privilege. I think when when it costs more to replace a part of a device and to buy a new device, I think that's where we've got a massive problem, right? Yes. <laughs> and it's not, and it, by the way, it is not just a, a smartphone problem. It is uh, very much in consumer goods, very much in that space. It is not just a smartphone problem. We are in such a, such a throwaway generation where we have something does not working and we just say, oh, I don't want to fix it. I just want to throw it out. Right. Oh, the controller's not working? Throw it out, buy a new one. Because, yeah. of course, stick drift is not an easy thing to fix that we cannot do ourselves. Or hey. Epsom salt. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, and there's a thing, you know, like longevity of devices, you know, and, and openness. Like, I still, in, I still curse HP for their whole ink, instant ink, and the concept of ink DRM. Let me give you a really good example, folks. Um, I'm not going to take a squad shot of this, but um, a really good example of where longevity of devices. Jay gave me this. This is a um, palette. Oh, yes. So this is a palette device um, that no one else could see, but uh, Jay and I. It's like a controller. Uh, as in, not for games, it's like a creative controller, you know, like... Uh, faders faders yeah yeah, sliders perfectly functional hardware but has been abandoned by the software 
I don't care that it may not have all the features of a new device. I want to use it because Jay very kindly gave it me. I can't do that. And I think that is where we just... Uh, look, even if they're not going to maintain the software, make legacy versions available with a as-is warranty. And or open-source it. Well, indeed. Open-source that hardware, that, that software. Well, and now that, Jay, is a very interesting... So, because I had forgotten something I wanted to quickly say. If your cheaper Android phone is not necessarily getting the latest version of Android from the vendor, Zach, there's a thing called ROMs. And now I don't believe it's still a thing for the actual name, but I remember putting Cyanogen mod, which is very old at this point, and Zach's laughing at me already. But the concept to be able to get a ROM that would give you the latest version of Android on a device that the maker's not going to produce it for. That's a thing, right? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a thing, not only that, but also in, uh, installing other uh, launchers of uh, Android. So ah. uh, just having the base uh, skin of your Android, having another experience as well, that might still also be updated with all the core features of android but say for example you don't want a launcher with bloatware right a launcher for that okay yeah because um is it samsung's one ui i'll give samsung credit i'm really glad they've changed their ui skins name it used to be called TouchWiz, which sounds so wrong so many levels um mm-hmm. but there we go let's just leave that there well i mean for instance your thinkpad you you, you got a thinkpad and oh. it probably won't accept the latest Wait, version no, of Win- it will. That would run Windows 11, I think. Uh, it might should- not. It would have to be TPM uh, secure booted. I think, exactly. it, I think it is in this case. But you make a good point, Jay, on desktop as well. Desktop, we have actually much more of a choice of OS. I mean, Pop OS, Ubuntu, you know. Um, I said you have all the forks of Linux. In the all the forks of Linux, yeah. What were you saying, Jay, on... And am I right on Mac? You really don't have that, or could you put Apple OS on Mac? Uh, not yet. Well, you can on an Intel Mac. Okay, there, there is a project at the moment to put a Linux onto ARM-based Macs. Because hey, guess what? Linux runs on ARM. Uh, that that thing, that device that you've got running your Pi hole, is running Linux. Is run, you can run Ubuntu on a Raspberry Pi. You can run Pop OS, I think, on a Raspberry. Maybe not Pop OS, but. Can we mention that, by the way, the, the, we, you and I use a Steam Deck. One thing Valve has done has given you tools, diagrams, everything to let you customize your, your Steam Deck in so many different ways. They have some of the official Valve suppliers. Right. They also, you can change so much. I know people who upgrade a lot of their devices. Oh, yeah. On well, Steam Deck. You, well, you've seen some of the stuff Linus is in te- his team have done with the Steam Deck. It is just a PC at the end of the day. I'd love to see that more. I want to see uh, repair diagrams. Um, One last thing. This is just really cool. At Disney World and Galaxy's Edge, they're using customized Steam Decks for a lot of their stuff. They, they've changed oh. out the, the case of it, and they use it to control a lot of their droids at Disney because it looks really cool. And it has great joysticks. Well, I still love the fact, because I've been playing a lot of Tears of the Kingdom, um, as Zach will appreciate. In Tears of the Kingdom, the in Breath of the Wild, sorry, the, uh, the Sheikah Slate was very clearly meant to be the Wii U tablet. In oh, the thing that Tears almost no Kingdom, one bought. It's very clearly a Switch, right? Speaking of games, I think yeah. one thing I, wanna, I do want to mention is 
on Android or iPhone your services. So Android and iPhone have an ecosystem. I mean, you have the Apple Store, but one thing that like on, on Apple we have, we have Apple Music, iBooks, iMessage. I'm just putting that out there. We have that, and we have a lot of different things that create an ecosystem. I mean, I use Spotify on my, on my iPhone, but I find the experience of using Apple Music to be superior, and it's because of that native integration to it. Whereas, like, on Google devices, using Google, Google Maps, I mean, they don't have Apple Maps, but they they don't have Apple Maps on on Android. But the experience of even, like, using Google Maps would be much better because it's more natively there. Apple's been working on making third-party apps be more native. There's a superior experience to using your platform's main apps. First-party services, first-party apps rather than third-party. So... That's a, and it's something that Apple maybe get very heavily criticized for. Up until recently, you could not use a def- different default mail client. You couldn't use a different default browser on iOS. Now, Android, is, you'd be able to do that for ages. <laughs> but I think Apple do... One thing Apple seems to do very well, Jay, is your, that service integration. The fact that iMessage... And not just by iMessage, but my text message, my SMSs, sync across all my devices, all my Apple devices. The fact that my Apple Music stuff, the fact that my AirPods, now I know Pixel Buds. Well, actually, I'll ask Zach about this because it's a good question. But, and Apple Watch. Now, a lot of my stuff, will, you know, and Apple Mail, well, not Apple Mail, but I, iCloud services seem to work really well. iCloud Photos has it a, a, quite a lot of sync problems. But, when it comes to Android, Zach, a lot of people will again go think Google services. Mm-hmm. Is there the same level of integration across different Google products? Because Google, mm, I was going to say we don't have a desktop OS, but technically they do, Chrome, Chrome, they do. Chrome OS. Yeah. But where is that level of integration the same, would you say? Or is it different on, on Android platforms? So it's different, right? Because, I mean... You have the Mac o- seamless macOS to iOS connection versus Android, where it, you have to install an app and you have to do all that, and it's kind of more optional. I'd say the seamlessness of Android stops at where the phone interacts with the computer because of the fact that the phone is such a unique thing. And uh, again, as we'll say, they're not designing just Android OS around one phone. Therefore, they can't anticipate just the one how one phone's behavior is going to act. Which makes a good point because like Spotify, for instance, and this actually worked out really cool, had to create Spotify Connect to work across whatever devices you were doing. They created their own service structure to do all this stuff, but it wasn't part of the actual phone itself. It was part of Spotify doing that. Which is how I have, I can control from my phone and my laptop. I can, on my computer, I can play music through my earbuds. Connected my I phone. will say that is one thing I miss from having, from not having Spotify is that a level of control. Cause every time I would be, I would be listening on my phone and I'd be working on my computer. But I, that is a, I think a really good point that a lot of us depend on the apps to do all the extra lifting. Whereas iPhone, as long as you're 
into the ecosystem of Apple is done by Apple. It's a very, very, very tightly integrated. If you're an iCloud user, you know, look, I'll be honest with you. I am, I like iCloud contacts, iCloud calendar. I have iCloud drive for me is great. The storage is great. The pricing is great. The syncing of iCloud drive can be a real problem. We collaborative a particular yeah, collab we've talked about this before collaborative collaborative stuff on iCloud now obviously Google Drive is very very good but there's a lot of limitations and I think here's my kind of big thing with why I choose Apple with Apple I'm not the product what I mean by that is when you're dealing with Google services so abstract Google services away from their phones from Android for a second Mm-hmm. When you are a free, I mean, unfortunately, even when you're a paid customer, Google are an ad company. Search and ad, first and foremost, that's who they are. So their incentives are to have as much data about you as possible. And they leverage that for some good things. For, you know, again, uh, Gmail's, uh, like, you know, smart replies. Great use of the data. But at the same time, your Gmail, your Gmail messages and, you know, maybe the things that you, you know, the locations you've been to on your, on your phone, you live physically are then used as part of your search profiles and your Google profile, mm-hmm. which I will admit, I liked at one point being able to search Google for something and find, Oh, I had an email about this. I did like that. Right. Yeah. But it's a trade off of what do you want Google? to know about your life now me personally i'm a big privacy advocate so i don't use i try to avoid google services i use fastmail for my email i use icloud for certain other things i use DuckDuckGo. we use nextcloud for business syncing and it's just something i think we need to be really mindful of is that google on are, are not a phone or device first company they are a search company they are an ad company just in the same way that amazon are an online store i mean adding to that we found out we were i was looking at dns and i was looking at like i set up a pie hole to stop stop stuff finding out that that google chrome has a new feature that should be opt in but sometimes gets turned on and it bypasses whatever dns you have on on your router and goes directly to google because google doesn't want you to be missing the google ads exactly now, you can turn that off at the moment in Chrome. And a lot of people, I'll say, Chromium as a browser engine. Um, one thing just to mention, people forget this. Chromium is a fork of WebKit. Not people, not many people realize that, but the Chromium engine was forked from WebKit. If you want a de-Googlified browser, we are highly recommending, recommending Vivaldi right now. Yes, it's what it's what me and Jay. I believe Jay's using this, but me and Jay oh, yeah. are using, using to record it right now. To record right now, I um, Zach. I think you're. A, are you still Opera? I'm still Opera GX right now, and I and for this call, I'm on. Uh, actually, I'm on Edge. Oh, Edge. Okay, so a Microsoftified uh, Chromium. Nice. One thing that I will say about going to services, both Android and iOS, can work with open standards. That's fine. You can do IMAP email. You can do whatever you need to. There's plenty of choices on both platforms, right? You could do so much now. There is one elephant in the room. I think maybe our final thoughts on this. I, I, 
I think we're, I think, is everyone happy that we've had a good discussion so far? By oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And, and folks, this is absolutely. Can I add one yeah. thing? Sure. I, I want to make sure this is, one thing that I like about Android. Yeah. Is how much you can customize things. Oh gosh, like, yeah. I've seen people's phone screens and stuff customized beyond like what I ever would have thought, and it's really cool how customizable you can mm-hmm. get. Whereas on an iPhone, you've had to deal with Apple opening up things, and even slowly, then you're still limited with stuff. Very slowly, Android has had widgets for years. Apple, uh, I was going to say Apple. Kind of said, oh, yeah, we have widgets, and it's the first in industry-leading widgets. Okay, so this is a really interesting point. It is one thing that I'll say about Apple. Apple don't always do everything first, but they do tend to do things very well thought out. So it's one thing that Apple do very well. They think out the user experience quite well. However, yeah, there are times when they will choose to focus on certain edge cases at the expense of things that, that, that could be there. I'm trying to remember, but there was something that they were, that, that is in, that could have been added to iPhone to make things better. And they were like, but what about if one person does this one thing that sometimes their demographic and that's who they're, they're targeting doesn't always match up with, with, with who you are. There are times things I wish could be different about iPhone, but I, I'm not that right demographic on certain things. That is a really good point. What I was going to say, one of the big reasons that I think in some cases there is a, from a support point of view, Zach said that Android phones are getting better at being more unified in terms of layout for settings. But I've seen it where I don't necessarily know where a certain setting is on a certain Android phone. With iOS, at least I know that I can support iPhone users easily. And also, um, Zach, natively on, can you do screen sharing in any, in like, uh, I don't, what, what are Google even using these days as their native video calling? Is it still Meet? It's, or- it's, yeah, currently Meet. I believe you can. I, don't use that for my uh, meetings, but I believe you can. Okay. It's in, uh, probably more accessible to do so on Android anyway. But, yeah. you know, when I'm supporting a client, I can, we're on a FaceTime call. I just get him to share his screen from right within FaceTime. Now, that brings me to maybe something we... Uh, Jay, I didn't even preface that we were going to talk about this, so I think brace yourselves, folks. We've talked about it a bit on stream. And Zach, I think you've tried to set this up. Beeper. Let's talk about messaging. Because this has been a... Or as we like to call... Or as people like to call it, the blue... The green bubble controversy. Now, Zach, you're not an iPhone user. I'm not. But does it bother you? If you need to talk to someone cross-platform in a secure way, what do you use? I mean, fully fully encrypted. 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 Well, encrypted, yeah, encrypted, secure way. <laughs> you got me beat because there's currently no really good way to do it. I can't well, even roll. Well, there is. There is. There there is. is. I just don't utilize it. Right. Because currently right. what I use is I use Discord for talking. I also use, I, I, I know, I know, I, I could see a face. <laughs> <laughs> I use Discord um, for uh, the lovely people I'm talking to right now. I can use Signal, which is a... Uh, 
end-to-end encryption for on-device encryption. It's end-to-end, um, yeah, end-to-end encryption, yeah. Yep. yeah. I also, for uh, Android users, I uh, know I have peace in mind of a full uh, RCS end-to-end encryption, uh, uh, which is quite Google, nice. Google Android users. Yeah, Google, Google Android devices. And, well, specifically, the Google, is it Google Messages app? Yes. Not, ev- not every RCS client will do this because the enter this is kind of where i'm getting to people are criticizing apple for uh for iMessage being close closed off and being only on ios and mac os okay fine i can understand that because iMessage is a good platform but let be very very honest it is not the best messaging platform out there no signal has it beat i cannot say how much signal is something people really need to know about it's got group chats Okay, think about it as... Oh, actually, I love this. Think about it as WhatsApp with 100% less Facebook. Can I mention that, like, you and I have different group chats for different things. Like, like I create one for like, for trips on Signal, and like, and it's just a group chat between you and me, but it compartmentalizes one. I've got one for, like, if I need to vent, and I, and I wanted to say, hey, I just I'm going to vent. Yeah. I, I have it muted, so I can pick it up. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, in, like, when I was running my PCs for a while. Oh, I would miss so many messages that were sent in iMessage because I couldn't get those on, on, on Windows. And didn't we have a time for a while where you and I were not getting iMessages between each other, whereas we always got them a signal? I, right. I will say one of our uh, listeners and viewers, Naya, brought up a very good point. Mm. They mentioned how there is, with the younger crowd, a status symbol of the yeah. blue yeah, circle. The blue message which, yeah, the I, so just to be clear what we're talking about, sorry, Jay, just to be clear, on iPhone, on iOS, if your message is blue, it means it's been sent via a message. If it's green, it's um, it's uh, uh, SMS or MMS. And stuff uh, like group chats will close if you add a green bubble to any of them and it will create a new group chat and a new group chat, yes. which is very annoying. And there's a great example of why we should... why so. There have been occasions where I've missed messages from from Jay and Zach's family because they added my UK number into a, a group chat and it's SMS, so it won't go through internationally. So, or it'll come in very late. Sometimes remember you got the I got or one, get an yeah. email or random, yeah, random emails like from from one of Jay's other nephews. Um, it wasn't an email from him; it was an email from his number. Yeah, because it sent that to like I think the old MMS or the because I because there is a email some carriers still use have email a, a email to MMS gateways. Yeah, now yeah, people are saying well Apple should open up iMessage. Apple are now going to support RCS, but RCS out of the box is not end-to-end encryption. Zach's right. Google have made an end-to-end encryption extension onto RCS but it is proprietary and closed source. I don't know whether or not they'd let Apple use it or let anyone else use it. So my question is, we know RCS has had a messy development. I would say if RCS was redeveloped from the ground up to be E2E, what? You mean Google would take an open platform like Jabber or XMPP and close it and, and, and make it proprietary? No! You mean like Google Talk being started on the original Jabber mm-hmm. open source? And no! I don't even know what you mean! Oh my gosh! Well, 
Don't forget, by the way, there are some surprising things that are still using older technology. For example, did you know that uh, Twitch chat is back-ended off of IRC? Oh, I do because I've used IRC clients to access Twitch chat before, and I, yeah, and I, you, I use you can do that absolutely. But so, so you say you don't you don't use Signal? I don't as much. Um, what I here's what I feel that we need to take security more more importantly and have the base messaging app be easier to talk to to each other, like to the other systems. So for example, I shouldn't be able to have, shouldn't have to worry about sending a photo to an iMessage client and having it be horribly, the the quality be horrible. Now I know RCS is helping with that, but I want to have the ability of, we're not attacking each other. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help with, Cross communication and bridging the gap between the two systems, so that now it can be better. Instead of, oh, well, blue bubbles are better, and I'm just going to stick with my blue bubbles and my reactions and all that. No, what we need is either RCS to be rebuilt with end-to-end encryption. So. Jay, you're you just reminiscing about the good old days of iChat, iChat and Trillion and Adium, where you, seriously you just logged into one application, into the services that you had. Mm-hmm. It was all in one area, and you didn't have to worry about what stuff. Because like on Trillion, I could have my contacts in any service, yep. and, and I could just talk to them, and like, and then like iChat, you can log into things as well, you can just talk to them as well, and um, there's a... Well, I ch- I, oh, oh, iChat, yeah, okay. Come yeah, on. and there's also an interesting development through, like, Matrix Chat is a f- federated, a decentralized mm-hmm. chat program, but in the in the Fediverse, and one of the c- companies that makes an a app for it called Element One has gateways to different services, I right. think it would be cool to be able to work all these apps together. The biggest problem you get is a lot of companies don't want to work together. They have their own ways of doing things, their own idea for things, and they're just like, ah, 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 we're not going to have you get access to our content. And that's where this whole thing, because I think, uh, Zach, were you trying Beeper? Were you trying Sunbird? I think, was it? I'm trying, I was trying Sunbird, and then I'm getting away from it only because of just development progress in it. It's, it's and so Beeper and Sunbird were trying to be Android clients for iMessage and Sunbird. There's a there's a paper out there about how it's also not very secure, right? Which is so, why I've moved away from it. Exactly. Yeah. Now using Beeper, so Beeper's goal was to allow Android users to ha- to use iMessage. Great, wonderful idea. Except Apple is a proprietary protocol. There are security concerns. If 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 you're trying to reverse engineer something, <clears throat> what guarantees that you've done it right? Now, the latest in this is that what's happened is people were trying to get people to use just like back in the day, Hackintoshes did this to get iMessage working using the idea of a genuine Mac hardware. So my Mac Mini, for example, you'd use the key from that. The problem is Apple are detecting this because they're saying, "Oh yeah, that's not the same Mac." It's, or rather, 
more than likely is the case. Hang on a second. We've got two devices with two distinct IPs or two distinct characteristics pretending to be the same. Right, something's wrong there. Ban that hardware ID. Now, is that overzealous? Maybe, but it is their platform. I don't think the solution is for Apple to open iMessage. The solution is for, for there to be... An, and I would argue there already is that standard, and it seems like people are overlooking it. It's called Whisper. It's what Signal and WhatsApp already use. I do not understand, genuinely, do not understand why we why that cannot be adopted as the... You know, or some, some, something similar. I'm wondering if there's... I mean, part of it is the the hesitation to adopt something new. But then again, in, in the UK, WhatsApp's used by a lot of pe- people, and it does not come installed on devices. So I think that's a, a bad argument. You can train people to move to a platform by saying, hey, I'm here. I told people, for instance, I'm not on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, Do I'm on WhatsApp. Do not try to contact me there. I'm on, yeah, exactly. And, and maybe that's the thing, isn't it? I would almost argue that cross-platform messaging has already been solved. But I like Zach's point that it would be great if the out-of-the-box messaging experience, no matter what phone you are on, was secure and easy to use for everyone. But then you can choose if you want a more secure. I don't think we've got much else to cover because we've... We've covered everything. Now, this is definitely an episode, folks, where we want to hear from you. But we have to make this clear. <laughs> Please be respectful. But let's have a discussion about this. Honestly, I want to hear from people. Come and, you know, come and comment, talk about, talk to us on Mastodon. I love our new Mastodon handle at crossed at wires.social. So simple. I love having our own Mastodon instance. No, you can't join it. <laughs> okay. We've only got, I literally only got the idea. We got it for, for our own socials. Come and join our Discord. Email us podcast at crosswires.net. And yeah. Let's have a discussion. Let's keep it civil. Um, we did have plans. If he, any of us swore in this episode, me and Jay were going to have the iPhone message sound and Zach was going to have that horrible Samsung <laughs> message sound. But thankfully, everyone's been polite. Everyone's been respectful. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Just so right, you'll get the Samsung sound. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Zach, I don't think... Can people find you on the internet? Can people find your presence uh, I mean, I still maintain a presence uh, over on the uh, very much dead website uh, known as uh, Twitter.com or X, if you want to call it uh, the weird name. You mean the so you are hanging with your ex. Okay. Uh, uh, I am hanging with my ex. Uh, so, and is um, that, yeah. We'll put, is it Kylo? One, two, three, four, three. Yep. Nice. It's amazing. I've got the same combination on my luggage. <laughs> and. It's amazing. It's how many emails I had set up on different domains of I of, of ours. So we could like get you email accounts, but have access to those. I've got like so many different email accounts until you turned old enough to have your own email. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you Zach's email broker? <laughs> I was, and, and like I would like do I would do like the the plus sign on my emails. I would do all manner of things for different things. Like I think for BattleNet, I have like fifty six BattleNet accounts because they were old enough to be a BattleNet, but we didn't want to get them. In their own email. Gotcha. Wow. Gotcha. 
Wow. All right, Zach's on X. Zach is obviously, as we said, part of the Crosswise team. You'll be hearing from and seeing more. Jay, this has been great. Thank you for organi- for getting this together with us, and thank you for your, as always, your input. I think that's it, unless anyone has any final thoughts. I have thoroughly enjoyed the fact that we have been able to sit down and say, instead of the, um, from our phones, say iPhone's better sent from my iPhone or Android's better not sent from Android. <laughs> I will say one thing, Zach. I think at some point I'm going to have to get a new battery. How easy is it to change it on my iPhone? Hold on. I fix it. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, don't you just love iFixit guides when Apple products get a zero repairability rating? Let's see, it's a phone, right? It's an yeah. Apple iPhone. What type uh, of yep. phone is it? 11 um, iPhone Pro. 11 Pro Max. iPhone 11 Pro Max. And it's the battery. Yep. Let's just say uh, moderate. So it'll take about one to two hours. Okay. You pay about 40 bucks for your battery. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's actually not that bad. But yours is you just pop it out and, and plug it back in, right? What? No. 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 Oh, okay. Because at work, our batteries are literally like battery packs. We just pop one out and put another one in. Nope. No, I don't. Not that many Android phones, even Android phones, don't have removable batteries, really. No. No. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Because I used to remember the days of those on Android. Oh, hey, hey, I've got, I have somewhere my HTC Desire S. Or no, no, one, I have an old. HTC, HTC phone. wow. Wow. Hang on, do I? No, I've got some Android phones that do have removable batteries, but the flagships certainly don't. I want to say one final thought, because this is actually a huge thing we see. Competition between two, both is good. Mm-hmm. We saw how, for instance, iPhone changed the, the course of Android, and yeah. Android sh- um, helped, helped shape the course of iPhone. So competition is... Is never a bad thing. Oh, it's a good thing. It's an amazing thing. thing. Actually, here's a really good use case of why my sister won't go to iPhone. My sister, I love her, she's so paranoid about cloud storage for her photos that she has everything on a micro SD card. And I've made a point to her, hey, if you don't have that micro SD card backed up somewhere, it's not much use. But she insists on having a phone that has a micro SD card reader, which I, uh, slot, I, don't think, Zach, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Pixels have that anymore. I think it's only the Samsung phones. Maybe the OnePluses. I don't think the Pixels have a micro SD card. And obviously Apple doesn't have a way for you to store photos off device. And nope, I will not. say though, at least iPhones and Androids have one thing in common now. USB-C and we will USB-C you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cross Wires. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please drop us a note over to podcast at crosswires.net. Why not come and join our Discord community over at crosswires.net forward slash Discord. We've got lots of text channels, we've even got voice channels, and we've got forum posts for every episode that we put out there. If you are Mastodon, you can also follow us either by heading over to wires.social or just follow crossed at wires.social. If you'd like to check out more of our content, head on over to crossedwires.net slash YouTube for all our videos and keep an eye on our Twitch channel at crossedwires.net slash live for our upcoming streams. If you like what you heard, please do drop a review in your podcast directory of choice. It really does help spread the word about the show. And of course, if you can spare even the smallest amount of financial support, we'd be incredibly grateful. You can support us at ko 
slash crosswires. That is ko-fi.com slash crosswires. Until next time, thanks for listening. 